Ghost Adventures is the sole property of the Ghost Adventures crew and Scripps LLC. We're not in any way affiliated with any of them, we just like watching them do their thing. So if you like Ghost Adventures too, support the crew in the Travel Channel. Also, this podcast has profanity in it, so take whatever precautions you feel are necessary. Episode of Insanely Haunted, the show where we watch and review every episode of Ghost Adventures. My name is Max. I'm Cassie. My name's Aim. Hello. Welcome back, Aim. Hello. It's lovely to be back. Lovely to have you. It's been quite a while, it feels like, yeah. since we since you joined mm-hmm. us, Aim. It was definitely summer last time, yeah. and it's definitely not summer now. No, it's no. extremely not. We just noticed it's that there's snow falling. Dust falling. This will probably be coming out in 2020, so Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New Thank Year. Thank you. To 2019 for not killing it? Never mind. Bad joke. Keep going. Oh. Uh, we'll hear it in the edit, so whatever. <laughs> so today, Aim, you joined us for an episode called The Battle of Perryville. I did. It was slow at times. It was slow. Was. Not really a lot of ghost things in this episode. As opposed to all the epi- other episodes, which are <laughs> so chock full of ghosts you can't move. Yep. Yeah, so full of like real ghosts and everything that like so convincing. So this 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 uh, battle took place in Kentucky in the town of well, it's Perryville, my old Kentucky home. And uh, I mean, we don't really remember much about the Civil War from school days. Um, and Aim, you live in England. Aim's from the UK, do. so very <laughs> a little, little bit chance. far out. <laughs> we we were taught absolutely nothing. About the Civil okay. War. Okay. Well, um, I remember almost nothing. Well, <laughs> but but aim, aim. It's a popular topic, especially for ghost hunters, because it was the most dead in a single war mm-hmm. for the United States. Uh, most dead from the United States. That is. I believe they call it the bloodiest war. Am I correct? Yeah, that's on that? why. That's yeah. why. Um, because it was the 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 largest number of casualties ever seen by the United States during a single war, and uh, it was fought between the. Union and the Confederate States, and the Union was the states that said we shouldn't we shouldn't allow states to make rules about whether slavery is okay. And then the Confederate States were the states that said no, it's fine. Slavery is you fine. You should let us have the slavery. To me, with my 2019 goggles on, it seems pretty obvious which one is the goodie and which one are the baddies. Oh, it's so yeah, obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, like, immediately pretty obvious. clear cut. P- pretty clear that uh, slavery is not a good thing. It's uh, mm. At the time, they they uh, wanted slavery to continue because it benefited um, their economy in the South. Obviously, it was an economic Because they benefit. relied heavily mm. on enslaved human beings uh, to do a lot of the work. Um, and of course, businesses will do great if you have free labor. Yeah, if you don't have to pay for labor and you own the land you're working on, your mm-hmm. expenses are like effectively nothing. It's nothing. Mm-hmm. And so if you, you can not only get rid of um, your workers if you don't like them, but you can actually kill and murder them, I guess that was seen as a plus too. Yeah. It is so horrifying just to think about. Yeah. And AIM, you may have heard about, uh, heard United States residents talking about uh, reparations for black Americans. And this is wise because this was a time that allowed white people to concentrate an enormous amount of wealth. And that wealth became generational wealth. And it's in large part uh, all 
all leads up to the massive inequality you see in the United States today. Because we haven't really done much about changing systemic inequalities. The government was restructured, like the government came back together, but there was nothing, there was absolutely no attention paid to the economic uh, shift that this caused. Well, and we had Jim Crow for a long time, which was like, you know, separate but equal. So everything was segregated, but it was actually like still very unequal. Like, yeah, yeah. uh, it was. Yeah. So reparations are to basically try to make up some of all that uh, because we still have massive social inequalities in America. If we have never gotten a review on this podcast that says, I don't know why they get so political, it's definitely going to happen in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm amazed that we have never gotten that. So if you're out there frantically typing right now, I see you. It's fine. We're not going to (laughs) stop. So this episode started with a graphic content warning, which is usually indicative of like, we're going to do some bloody reenactments. It's interesting how they pick and choose which episodes are going to have a content warning. Because it's like, you're pretty gross in each one. Like you show us blood, you show us like violence, like anyway. Um, They're doing this really funny thing with all of the old photos in this episode. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but they're doing this thing where they'll like, cut part of the photo and bring it forward towards the screen to create like the image of a 3D space. Mm -hmm. And it reminded me of those little things that used to be like the viewfinders. Yeah, it's like yeah. VR goggles for 90s kids where it's like just <laughs> mm-hmm. a piece of plastic with a light in it and you would put slides in yeah. it and you could click the slides through and the slides had layers. So well, and there was 3D. also the old timey version of that, which I think was called a also a viewfinder. Back in my Back day. Back in my day. It's this metal. It's like a metal version of it with a... Uh, uh, and the horse goes around stick. the circle? No, no, no. It's a stick that goes out to the front and it holds the images in, in front of the goggles. And you can, you can, you can, anyway. Um. And then you would, you would push a hoop down the road with a stick. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Go have a phosphate <laughs> down at the soda fountain. So we've been at the Battle of Perryville before. Uh, I forgot completely. Yeah, I did too. Um, and I don't really remember what the previous no. one was about, but I'm sure we have an episode about it. Yeah, we've done an episode about uh, this, surely. <laughs> So anyway, uh, this one, they decided to focus on two homes that are still standing from the Battle of Perryville. By the way, okay, they both well, have funny names, okay. if I may. I'll get into the history of this battle when we get to the reenactors. But and yes, there are reenactors in this episode. So these were two homes, um, one of which is called the Bottom House. <laughs> I, la- I like I internally laughed at that. So funny. Um, especially since Zach chose that one. To go uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... The bottom house uh, was like right in the center of the battle and it has lots of uh, like gunshot holes in it. It became a hospital. It was Mm -hmm. the home was seized by the um, by the army to function as a like a trauma center for Mm -hmm. wounded. Yeah. Um, they still have the door, the wooden door that they used to do operations on. So it's like it's like stored below a bed, a cot that they have. You know, like historic homes have everything set up like it, it might have used to look like or whatever. It still sort um, of feels that like they could be doing a little bit more for the preservation of it than keeping right? it under the bed. <laughs> Maybe but... not touching it. <laughs> Maybe not letting them fucking put... Like, can you imagine if they... Later on in the episode, they actually invite some Civil War reenactors in here. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if that table fucking broke while they were filming? <laughs> oh, God. 
Well, and I was just kind of, sh- well, okay, no, I'm, I'm jumping ahead of myself. So we also go to the Dye House, which we also thought was really funny, mm-hmm. but it's D-Y-E. Yeah. Not D-I-E. Uh, the Dye House is like significantly less interesting. We get almost no history whatsoever about this one. But it was also for, uh, also used as a hospital, right? I think it was also used as a hospital. We hear about the stone tape theories. That's uh, all into it. Less than five minutes into the episode, I want to know stone tape theory comes up. Especially about the bottom house that has all the gunshot holes in it. So Zach has now been illustrating for us in greater detail stone tape theory. And according to him, only wood and stone count for stone tape theory. Really? I didn't. Uh, that's I didn't what hear he that. said. I I'm don't pretty know. sure he says the exact opposite in another episode. Yeah. yeah. He says it's like anything can be stone tape theory. Mm-hmm. And also certain minerals, also water. Yes, yes. Water. Why can't, why can't metal? Yeah. Why can't brick? Mm-hmm. You know, well, I guess brick is stone. I don't know. It's it's, it's a fool's errand trying to apply actual logic to this, I know. But it's just something to something that he always changes. So which was the black mold house? That was the dye house. The dye house. So they go into the dye house and, and Zach's like, oh, I need to put on my respirator because I've got respiratory issues. And there's black. We've been told that there's black mold. In it, so. And nobody wears a fucking mask. Nobody else. else. Yeah. Nobody else wears a mask. Um. And again, we don't know if Zach's mask is built for um, dealing with black yeah, mold. Black mold is like specifically something that is very hard to filter. I don't know about that. Well, th- b- what I know about black mold is that it's a big deal and yeah. requires like a level of caution that most people are not prepared well, for. Well, but in the respiratory masks, like they'll have right, different yeah, filters. Right, right. Yeah. So that's, that's weird. Bad. And they talked to a guy, Kurt, who Kurt's sounds a, like he's, he's been great. exposed to black mold. <laughs> Did you notice he had a he had a very like no it sounded like his voice was not well. Kurt is the park ranger for this place. This is a national park or or at least a state park. Um, that's never really clarified. And Kurt is the like caretaker of these two places. He's the one who introduced us to the the surgery table. He also shows us a photo that a friend of his took. Kurt knows a bunch of ghost investigators who have come here, and they describe a vortex in the photo. It's but not it really a vortex is... that looks like any I've ever seen. You mentioned that it looked like a seahorse. It did. It was and a little really tiny does. glowing seahorse checking out what was happening. Yeah. Wasn't there afterwards, so probably wasn't interested. Yeah, <laughs> no, not, not interested in these weirdos. We also meet Lee and Jennifer, who are local ghost hunters, and they had this photo that Zach wanted to ask them about of what appears to be a soldier wandering through the battlefield. Do you remember this, Cassie? Yeah. You might have been. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it's, I guess it looks like a soldier, but no time is spent on this. They show us the picture and Lee and Jennifer are like, yeah, it seems real to me. And then they just move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we meet Jeff and Jeff is the guy you were talking about. Mm-hmm. He's the first paranormal investigator to ever visit here. He had stories about footsteps. He heard some footsteps up here. And then Lee and Jennifer were like, yeah, we did too. And that's it. Was it Jeff who took the photo? I think it was Jeff who took the photo and then Lee and Somebody was like, oh, yeah, I've seen the photo, and I'd say it's real. That's Okay, okay, all right. Okay, so who took the photo? The photo was pre-existing, and no attempt was made to identify the person who took the photo. The photo was just presented as a piece of evidence that that already existed. Okay, all right. So after all of this previous evidence is presented, we hear this conversation between Zach and and Jeff that is so strange and also like kind of a subject that we've covered here which is Zach and Jeff cannot really decide whether or not it is disrespectful to do ghost hunting here here at this place 
to be to like mine this place where these people died for content. That's what they and they don't settle on anything before the scene ends. Also, they just sort of bring up this question. Like maybe what we're doing is not great. Maybe this is bad. Cut to end scenes. Yeah. <laughs> Cut to the advertisement. Yes. So it's even more crass, really. So they come back to do from the ads to do some science, some forensic science. Oh, my God. So I I briefly I paused the episode to talk to you two about oh, this. But hold on just a second. Remember in the past when they've tried to do this, they've just had the UV light and not <laughs> yeah. the the liquid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, Zach, what is it? Zach brings out this stuff called luminol, luminol. And the only reason I know about luminol is because I played a little video game called Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. As a youngster, <laughs> where they exhaustively prep you on how luminol is used by forensics. Did you um, expect it to to help you out in a moment like this? No, I really didn't. I've just been sitting on this knowledge for uh, the better part of a decade. Luminol is the stuff that crime scene investigators on TV use to make blood and spit and other body fluids light up under UV light. So if you're watching TV and someone gets a UV light out and a bunch of stuff lights up and they're like, oh, it's blood, that's fake because blood does not just illuminate under UV light. It also does not just illuminate with, with luminol. luminol. You need both things to, to get like a good picture of what you're looking at. So they just sprayed luminol and turned all the lights off. And they're like, we can't really see it that well, but we enhanced our photos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so they, they're doing this because there is apocrypha about there being bloodstains on the floor still at one of these places. I am unsure about how long that stuff would last in a wood floor. I don't know either. I don't know either. 150 years seems like a long time for bloodstains to remain. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. hey, maybe I don't know enough. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it depends on the sort of wood, how it's treated, if it's been Mm -hmm. cleaned since. I was really shocked that they were allowed to put the luminol on that original wood flooring. I mean, is... Am I crazy for thinking that? They, they just sort of asked, Kurt, Kurt was there, as you're saying, and he was just like, yeah, go for it. I've always wondered what would happen. Be my guest. No permit. I'm wondering if, <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, it's a historic, these are historical sites. And I don't know, I, I it, would it be on a state park, state park uh, property? I mean, I'm not really it's, sure. It's government property. I don't know whether it is state or federal government property. Or if it's like city. Or if it's city, it's yeah. municipal. Yeah, but still, it's like you don't want to necessarily, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure Luminol isn't going to ruin things, but the thing is. I would truly hate if Kurt got fired after this episode aired. <laughs> no. I would hate that. <laughs> Maybe oh, it's his God. last day at work. He retires the day after. Yeah, y'all can do whatever the fuck you want in here. I don't give a shit. And then his job will be a ghost. (laughs) That's how it works. Anything else before we move on? Um, uh, All of this prep stuff is happening in the dark, which isn't their usual jam. It made me sort of wonder if they only had one evening slash night to do all of this. And we're just rushing all of it. That That is tremendously rushed on their part. Yeah, good point. Well, on day two, the day before the lockdown... It's reenactment time, and they're bringing in 15 Civil War reenactors in an effort to, like, stir the ghosts up, get them active. I did not see one person dressed as a Union soldier, and the funny thing is that um, up until around this battle time period, uh, Kentucky was a neutral state, I found out, Um, and... And so both the north side and the south side were kind of like, um, well, 
the the South in this in this battle were trying to take over Kentucky. This was like the pivotal battle that made the Union have control over actually. So in no like yes the the Confederacy the 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 slave side the slavery side, um, no the the pro slavery side wanted Kentucky but they actually did not gain control of Kentucky. So I find it interesting. Very really helpful context with the episode. If Zach yes. could have mentioned that, perhaps. Yes. Oh, it would be great if he talked more about history. Incredible. Um, mm. In these episodes. So interesting that there were no Union soldier reenactors, only Confederacy uh, soldier reenactors. And I just find it interesting. Um, aim. In our country, there's a lot of people who are pro-Confederate flag and pro-Confederacy. Um, they'll they'll fly the Confederate flag and they um, claim that they are proud of their heritage. Um, and that the yeah. Civil War was actually about states' rights. Yeah, but it's really about States' rights slavery. to do what? <laughs> yeah, slaves' <laughs> rights to do what? What were they fighting for? Which rights in particular? Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> I me thinks that these reenactors are probably they're coming down on one side. Coming down on one side they, of this, they believe in their heritage and they have not invested. They, I, charitably, they have probably not really interrogated what that means. It's kind of like <laughs> if Germany had oh god World War Two reenactors and there were Germans who who were like yeah the SS loved you know, to dress up as the SS and fight as the SS and they're like oh we're just it's just proud history, of our man. head heritage and we're we're living out history. It's like no, you're you're mm. sympathetic towards Nazis, Nazism. <laughs> anyway, yike. Yeah. So. If only there were a way that people could interrogate their beliefs and learn things. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Not by doing ghost hunting, though. Unfortunately, <laughs> ghost hunting doesn't often help with that. They set up a bunch of X cams during this reenactment, and they're treating this as like an active like thing. They're trying to get like a lot of ghost evidence right now. And they don't get any EVPs, but Zach brings out the spirit box and they make contact with Daniel. Danny. Danny. Danny, who says that he doesn't know which side he was fighting on. Very convenient. <laughs> and uh, identifies himself as Daniel. When they ask for a last name, they hear. Murr, murr. Uh, and they throw a name up there that they have that they're pretty confident in. And I was pretty like. I was incredulous about this. Especially about how they spelled it. Yeah. But then it turns out later on there is justification. There's like reasons why they put this last name up there. Mm -hmm. Um, We just don't know about it yet. And they're playing coy with us. And after that, we sort of check in with the reenactors who all, to to a person, are saying that they felt something spooky too. Big surprise. I don't know if it's necessarily spooky. They felt something. They had yeah. an emotion. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> While the Ghost Adventures crew were videotaping every move that and of they course, made. Zach is like stomping around being like, everybody freeze. And then he just holds his EVP recorder up. Red light. Green light. Okay, green light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then right before we cut to commercial, the last commercial break before uh, the actual lockdown begins, Zach clarifies to the ghosts, I didn't do this to bring up bad memories. <laughs> <laughs> we just did it to I don't even remember what the justification was but he's like if you did I mean here's the thing if you didn't bring do this to bring up bad memories then what's the point 
Yeah. Isn't the whole point to get the ghost stirred up? Yeah, that's they're doing a trigger object thing, which they actually like literally do yeah, a yeah. little bit later. But yeah, I mean they do this all the time. What are they talking about? Yeah. <laughs> they're like, he's like, Sir, we didn't mean to re traumatize you. <laughs> to the it's ghost. Like, well, too fucking late. <laughs> Mr. Douchebag. Mr. Douchebag. Mr. Douchebag is just just always making things worse. Uh, we go, it's lockdown time, and Zach and Billy have split off from the rest of the group to investigate the bottom house, while Nick, Aaron, and Jay investigate the die house. Almost immediately, Nick thinks that someone is staring at them, and Aaron hears footsteps. Aaron always hears footsteps. Aaron's got really good ears. Very sensitive. Yeah. They also set up the Connect so they can play Xbox games, I guess. <laughs> you can see the wording on... Oh, no, that's the Ovulus. Yeah, yeah. Never mind. And they set up some trigger objects, too, which consist of Confederate money, cigars, and whiskey. And, and Aaron's just like, I don't know. He, they could just, like, put it on their wounds or something. They definitely want whiskey. They would just want a shot. Yeah. Actually, oh, uh, side note... Um, Kentucky is known for bourbon whiskey. Yeah, it's it like their thing. That makes sense. So. What they say is that the limestone in the water uh-huh. makes a difference. And that's why it's bourbon and not whiskey. I think that's. I wonder if Aaron just got whiskey and didn't get bourbon. Yeah, probably. They're they not from Kentucky. Bourbon. They would. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Doing it wrong. So, yeah, uh, Zach and Billy, however, decide to split up even further so that Zach is staying in the house and Billy is wandering around outside with the thermal camera, which doesn't seem... To do anything. Doesn't seem to be a good use of the thermal camera just wandering around outside. He finds a deer. Yeah, he saw a deer. That was probably pretty neat. And the deer gets spooked and runs away. Hmm. But it was a good deer. Yeah. yeah. They, they did spooky noises with it, too. Mm. Because you see a, a a figure and then you realize it's a deer. Oh, it's a deer. It's an animal. <laughs> they should have right fucking white. They should have added a sound effect when you finally like zoom into the deer and it goes wah wah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's SB seven Spirit Box time again in the bottom house this time, but Zach gets no voices on it whatsoever. So whatever happened there at the other place is not happening here. Even. He later posits that Daniel must have attached to him and followed him there. We get no evidence of that. Well, he Wait. well he does do some digital still photos, and then here's boot steps. And yeah. we don't know that he didn't follow him there. So yeah, the really? only reason that he says this is because at back at the die house, Nick and Aaron are getting nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing is happening there. Both of them don't even feel the ghost energy. Aaron is just standing there using crutches, mm-hmm. I guess, as like a trigger object. And this is when they're not they're, even they're not even like Civil War era crutches. They're no, just like they're regular crutches. Also, he's using them wrong, just the way most people do it. Yeah. You're not supposed to put your whole weight on your armpits when you use crutches. This is a PSA. If you're using crutches right now, you're supposed to use your hands like legs just to support yourself. It's got, it's hard at first, but you get used to it. You'll get strong arms. And you won't, uh, you could do nerve damage mm-hmm. if you use if you use your armpits to support yourself on crutches. So just PSA, if you're using crutches, don't give yourself nerve damage. Weight on your hands, not on your pits. 
Think of it as a workout. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, Zach lays down on the bed like he always does. Yes. And it looks like he's taking a nap. It seriously looks like his head is tilted down. Yeah. yeah. He looks very peaceful. And he, he says he thinks he sees a green light. Oh, and this is reference this is to what great. was... He, he's making a connection to earlier when he was listening to somebody say, oh, once I... Or there was a guy who was in a uh, this house and he saw a green light in the other room and he was like, is there, are there any green lights here? And then, and then no, and he never came back. And so he's like, oh, I think I saw a green ball of light. And then he says that it's probably the flashlight from outside, right? Yeah. Not flashlight. It was the flashlight. It was (laughs) the flashlight. Because if you look at the fucking window, you can see Billy Tolly walking around out there. It's so fucking funny, like on second viewing, because I didn't notice it at first. I did see the the sort of flash that Zach was talking about. But then when he points Billy out, it's just like comical how much of Billy you can see, how close Billy is to the house. And then he hears a really loud bang. And it almost sounds kind of like a gunshot, but not really. It's not that loud. And he's like freaking out and trying to find it. Um, and he eventually, he f- he goes to this area where there were a bunch of devices left on a table. Ovulus, which is a two-part thing. Yeah, the ovulus turns out to be a two-part device. That is Velcroed together. Um, and also plugged in. There's like a plug. Yeah, half of it is still on the table and the other half has been thrown on the ground. And somehow it's been un um, so that's, that was, that's weird. Yeah, yeah, that is weird. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? And he says, what the fuck or something to that this, effect. I mean, it, it rattles Zach. Zach gets really rattled by this. He's like very put off. He uh, radios Billy to talk about it. He tells Billy to come back so they can mm-hmm. talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is also sort of where he decides that the investigation is over. Wait, before that, we get a really uh, quick uh, kind of blurred shot of a no steppy. Yeah, yeah, uh, so fucking funny. They zoom right past it. Someone has put a don't tread on me, like, welcome mat on the ground. Hmm, I wonder what side of the Civil War that stands for. Well, I don't think it was, it wasn't used during the Civil War. Well, I know, but I'm just saying, like, somebody put it there in the spirit of something. Yes. Probably the Confederacy. Don't tread on me has become synonymous with that Confederate flag, pretty much. Yeah, like, I have a right to fly this really racist flag that stands for preserving the establishment of an enslaved... Don't tell me what to do, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> steppy. It's also uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable. Yeah. So they reconvene with Kurt, and Zach says that this moment is the most impactful moment of his entire career. Mm-hmm. And basically what happened is Kurt just opened up his Excel spreadsheet of all the dead from the Civil War. Which is like found a cool database. From, from this battle. From this battle. Yes, okay. okay. Yeah. And found Daniel McElwain. And that's where we learn why they were so sure of the spelling and the pronunciation. We don't hear what side he was on. Don't hear what side he was on. Only it hear the name of the... Yes. And uh, like when he died and what what state he was from. Those, that's the info we get. And then when the guys ask him, well, uh, you know, they replay the, the voices for him. And Zach is so emphatic at this point. He's like, we heard this voice, the same voice. What do you times. think it said? <laughs> and, like, and, and then uh, once they have the name, out and everything like that. Um, Zach's like, why do you think he said he didn't know what side he was on? And then we hear from this dude, like, his imagination or his uh, his understanding of what it's like to be dead. And he's like, oh, well, you know, you're in this, like, dream state almost and you just don't really know what's going on and he's like that's why he said that he didn't know so yeah yeah um that's about it 
Yeah. And nothing yeah. else happens. These, um, this show seems to have gotten really fucking boring this season. Yeah. Have you noticed this? Like, season eight is full of really boring episodes where nothing happens. Oh, keep in mind, folks. Um, this is the last episode on our season seven DVDs. And, like, yeah. all of these episodes are season eight. Yeah. Yeah. So. A lot of the episodes on our season eight DVDs are credited as being Some season nine ups. on yeah. Wikipedia. So, no one knows... No one has any fucking idea uh, what season this shit is in. So yeah. sorry about that. So um, what was your favorite part of this episode, Aim? Um, there's so much to choose from. Um, I think it was Kurt. Kirk? Kurt? Kurt. Kurt at the end. Kurt uh-huh. at the end saying, I'm jazzed when Zach oh. asks him about the results. In two oh. words, I'm jazzed. I'm jazzed. That's it. That's that's yeah. the end of the show. How about you, Meg? For me, it was Zach totally... Okay, it was Zach making the choice to say that the reason the die house had no energy in it is because Daniel followed him to the bottom house, mm-hmm. but also nothing happens at the bottom house. Mm-hmm. So, I yeah, that very weak justification. I think my favorite part is either the deer or the reenactment which just made me really uncomfortable because <laughs> also i mean it wasn't that great <laughs> it, it felt a lot like an amateur dramatics group doing their yeah. best yeah it felt like a a bunch of guys who wanted to be in the they, army but they wanna, couldn't they want to be so creative but they have no other outlet for their creativity their way of, yeah. of reliving or living that dream yeah but it's just not great uh, i got zach bagans's twitter account pulled up this man wait, wait, wait we gotta do our oh wait no okay let, yeah let's do that first this yes. man has been off the grid for a few days Uh, What could have happened in the last few days? Also, I'm seeing that some friends of mine follow him on Twitter, and I am disappointed in them. I'm not going to call any of them out, but I'm disappointed. If you're listening to this and you follow Zach Bagans, shame. So uh, he's just doing... What if it's ironically? I guess it could be, but even I don't actually click that follow button when I'm doing this. (laughs) You just keep coming back for more. Yeah, yeah. He's just sort of uh, doing self-promo. He hasn't tweeted in a few days. The only thing that's notable is that we're getting close to the premiere of Ghost Adventures The Screaming Room, which will have already happened by the time you're listening to this. And uh, somebody did some really nice fan art for Zach that he quote-tweeted. It's a really long it's, head. It's a really... They stretched his head out a little bit. He doesn't quite look like that, but it's a good drawing. It is oh, good. good. Yeah, yeah, it's good shading. It's kind of hyper-realistic. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, talking about his ghost hunting for dummies, which AIM. Hey. Hello. Cool transition. Has a new bit for us. Hey. Um, I am an absolute glutton for punishment. I have decided it'd be a great idea to read this entire book and tell you all about it so you don't have to read it. Yay. Um, you lucky things. Um, <laughs> I think we're calling this segment Intro to Ghost Hunting for Dummies. Okay. And we were starting with the introduction and chapter one. The first segment mm-hmm. I call In Which Zach Bagans Disproves All Science. <laughs> cool. It's quite the ride. Um, the introduction is quite boring. He tells us a bit about the field of paranormal research. Not much, but it's been around for more than 170 years. Oh, Apparently. Okay. Um, and sort of sets out the goals of the book. Um, He wants to provide readers with essential information to conduct research about ghosts and the paranormal. Um, Mm -hmm. 
But this goal, and I quote, is surprisingly deceptive because the outcome of the research is not simple at all. Doesn't elaborate. Don't know. There's mystery being set out from the outset and enticing the reader in. He also sets out his readership. I think most of the Fidemi's books have a who is this for section. Zach, in all his infinite wisdom, called this foolish assumption. That's assumptions. So he is assuming that you care about ghosts. Okay. 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 Yeah, good. Yeah. Um, chapter one begins with his general ghosts can't exist because physics, according to physicists, because if ghosts existed, they would have mass and exert pressure. But again, I quote, like so many other scientists throughout history, the physicist was basing his ideas about spirits on his own personal beliefs. Oh! Oh my God. Which, um, I think this is quite a common Zachism to say, it's not science, it's your belief. Oh, um, it's also a big argument for like creationists. Yeah, and, uh, there's a uh, very yeah. similar mindset. About, Climate change about deniers. He does <clears throat> yeah. compare them to. I'll get back to that in a little bit. Um, he 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 talks. A, he mentions his scientific method without explaining what it is. It just sort of. Do you plays think that could like, explain the scientific method? Do you no, think he could explain no, that no, gun to his head? I don't think so. Don't think he could. Um, it, it sort of boils down to: if ghosts don't exist, why do people think they exist? The, um, wow! <laughs> I, I, in his words, um, which sort of reminds me of the beautiful um, Tim Minchin Christmas song, "White Wine in the Sun," where he says, "Just because ideas are pervasive doesn't mean that they're worthy." Um, just something to ponder as we continue on. And again, going back to the sort of history of ghost hunting, he likens it to the spiritualist movement of the nineteenth century. And okay. his uh, his explanation of spiritualism is absolutely wild because apparently scientists were afraid of spiritualism because spiritualism was trying to break the hold that superstition and religion held on society and science wanted to maintain that. What? Okay. That's, that's, I had to read that about three times. To, that's okay. He's trying to get across that. Yeah. That, okay. It, whereas, like, at this time this was happening, Darwin was losing sleep because he'd disproven the idea of a god who created perfect and changing things. Yeah. It's just, it just doesn't quite make sense. I don't think he understands how the scientific method works. Or science. Well, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. There are, okay, we've been talking about this in my classes. Hmm. The scientific method is a certain way to do science. It is a Eurocentric creation of a method to do science. And and really, we should we should probably have a different word for the word science. Um, because just because something is science, it doesn't mean that it is the scientific method. The method mm-hmm. scientific method is a method of doing science. And different cultures have different methods of doing science. But I think what he's referring to is the scientific method version of science. Mm, which one um, he's familiar with. Which I don't think he has an understanding of how it works. It just doesn't sound like it to me. Um, mm. And he thinks he probably thinks it's mysterious, which is probably why he believes yeah, and, that these f- folks are inve- it, like using their beliefs instead and, of real science. And not to hold the scientific method as like this godly thing that is it's I mean, it's, it's anything but godly. It's it's about realism and, and testing and stuff. Not to say that si- the scientific method hasn't been used in the past to do bad things. Like it was a very big um, per- like there were lots of there was lots of um, misunderstood uh, st- studies and assumptions um, which defend. Um, 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 phrenology and and, and, oh, God. and and justified eugenics and it, there is a racist side of of science. Um, so and and there are a lot of people who use science to defend um, or, or ideas in the scientific method to defend um, 
male superiority or you know like mm. a prejudice slavery. or yeah yes it was used to justify slavery it's used to justify like transphobia to this day like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there are, i mean it, it can be misused and worked in really bad ways um if you're not careful with it um but all that being said i don't think zach biggins the things that he is saying the claims that he is making specifically the claims that he is making he doesn't really understand them <laughs> He doesn't really know what he's talking about. <laughs> and, and and science is not based on... The scientific method is not based on beliefs. It's, ba- it's based on... Okay, so for those not familiar with the scientific method, it is basically you make observations, you make an educated guess or a hypothesis as to what those observations mean and, and how they operate, and then you devise a procedure to test this idea and you have to test it. You can't just test it once. You have to test it multiple times. And other people also have to test it and test your experiment. So it, it takes a lot of like, we're going to try this many, many times and make sure that we're getting consistent answers, um, which is opposite of how Ghost Adventures works. Um, and then you come to, you analyze your results, you interpret your results to the best of your ability, not based on what you want, but based on what it's telling you. And then you come to a conclusion and, and then you have peer review. So you have other scientists review your work and critique you like hell to hold you accountable so that you're not making up bullshit. That's pretty much how it works. So and he, everything you said, I just don't think he understands it. I, th- I think he's sort of looking at what you've just explained and like, ah, it's evidence that people believe. This is my evidence. I believe oh. it. Therefore, it's science. That's such a misunderstanding. Yeah. There's a, there's uh. a lot more nuance. I would, I would love to hear like more about your history of the ideas of science. And that sounds now's probably not the right time for it, but that's fascinating. I actually don't know that much about it because it, it's delving into um, uh, different cultures and that Mm. I do not I'm not an expert in that and I have not studied enough in that so I don't want to make any um, claims but we are in my classes discussing how um, the scientific method is just one version of science and my my feeling is we should really just develop a different word for science because it kind of kind of creates a bias towards the scientific method um, as like the only proper way to gain knowledge and understanding of the world yeah yeah. But yeah, but scientific method is is the mainstream, like how we do science. Um, and, it, and it is not the claim that Zach is making, which kind of boils down, it seems like, to what you hear from a lot of like new agey mm-hmm. spiritualist kind of things, which is if it's real for you, then it's real. Oh, and I just want to I just want to clarify that um, by saying that there are other ways to do science. I don't mean believing in <laughs> in whatever you want is science. I mean that like you can come to the same conclusions that you would come to with the scientific method using similar techniques, but they're just not the same. Mythology is mythology. And that is something that I don't think anybody can test. And it's not something that you want to defend with science or attack with science necessarily because they're completely they're unrelated things. things. And it's yeah. fine to believe what you want. Just don't bring science into the picture. Don't, don't try to use the scientific method to to fucking <laughs> examine whether or not your communion wafer has 
has actually transmogrified into the body yeah, of Christ. Like, like that's that, not going to hold up. <laughs> yeah. I would love to see somebody try to write that paper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The method section. That, this is my big reason why this show drives me bonkers, Ghost Adventures, because they try and use science and scientific method ideas to defend their ideas on something you cannot test. Right now, we cannot test whether ghosts exist or not. Like, you're just making observations. That's, that's one thing. But you're not completing the scientific method. That does not prove that it is true. Like, you need to have solid evidence, not just to, observations. You need to check it. You need to, to test it. Yeah. And get the same result more than once. Otherwise, just believe in ghosts, period. It's there you fine. go. You don't have to That's, prove to me that ghosts exist. Yeah. Don't use, don't bring the scientific method into this if we can't actually use it. Anyway, there's my yeah. soapbox. That was great. I love Thanks. that. Thank you. What else happens in this book, Em? Oh, well, I've, I've, I've only done chapter one so far. If yeah. you'd, you'd like more, <laughs> that, that, that's to come. Okay. Um, what else happens in this book? Um, he There's another segment talking about his approach to ghost hunting, which doesn't actually talk about his approach to ghost hunting. It talks about different types of ghosts and hauntings and says old buildings can be haunted, new buildings can be haunted, and it doesn't go very deep. Okay. So maybe he's laying the groundwork for is, something incredible. Is I he, doubt it. Is he coming to the understanding that many people and animals have died everywhere throughout history and it's not just old Victorian houses? I, that, that sounds like it. Okay. And he's, it's not always houses. Sometimes it's libraries, for example. Oh. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you get book that's... ghosts there. Well, what yeah. I'm saying is... <laughs> when the, the books go to die. Right, right, right. But what I'm saying is, like, what about the people who lived... What about the people who lived there before the library was there? That's what I'm talking about. Mm. Is he coming to that understanding? That, that library didn't always exist, but people did might. exist, including indigenous people. Mm. Nope, only white people <laughs> ghosts here. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I think to go back, he he he's making a very a lot of broad assumptions, yeah. and I'll leave, I'll leave this with this quote, which I think sums up a lot of his ramblings in this chapter. By definition, a ghost is disembodied personality, and mainstream science states that no physical evidence of the human personality even exists. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's so, no evidence of Zach Bacon's personality. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> Science will not admit that such a thing is present inside the body while it's still functioning, let alone outside of the body when we are dead. Is he, he, getting... then... is he okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, he, he then compares ghost hunting to Pythagoras proving the world wasn't flat. Oh, so my God. It's... Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I have a I have a history in creative writing and I've got a master's in publishing and some experience of working in books. And mm -hmm. my goal when reading this is to figure out what he wouldn't let his editor edit. Oh, because somebody had to work with him on this manuscript. Some poor soul had to be like, but that doesn't make sense. <laughs> you have to reword that. <laughs> Please write something different. Who published this, by the way? Is it um, the, it's the, the, for dummies it's the for dummies people? Okay, I but think it's when was the publisher? Wiley. I think it's Wiley. Wiley. Okay. Um, let me double check that. Okay. Yeah, it's Wiley. Yeah. I have a memory. It's interesting. I don't know if the for dummies books have always been not just educational, but also just entertainment stuff or if this is something new i think i can sort of i was thinking about this earlier um i can imagine the editorial pitch being like this guy has had three books published he has a 19 seasons running tv show he has made x amount of money this has got such a wide audience this is being and a if great you don't do this he'll kill you <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I can 
absolutely imagine senior editing people being like, yeah, brilliant, nothing can go wrong. And then everything went wrong. They're just saying dollar signs in their eyeballs. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's just speculation, though. Um, I couldn't prove it. Okay. Man, well, I am looking forward to hearing a lot more of this. Are you? Uh, Yes, I am. I am. This is going to be great. So yeah, uh, AIM will be uh, sending us uh, these bits for our episodes. Um, So we'll be hearing it little by little. Um, And you'll join us on this wonderful journey. Yeah. How nice. We'll learn how to, we'll we'll learn how to ghost hunt, you dummy. We'll learn something, that's for sure. (laughs) I'm just joking. You're not a dummy. Yeah, of course you're not a dummy. You're listening to this great podcast. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're not a dummy. And we're very sorry about that. Unless you are a dummy. You're not. Okay. Nobody's a dummy. Um, you know what? You it's a really sh- condescending book series. Yeah, you, you'd have thought that they would have spent money rebranding rather than signing this book, but... It kind of... It kind of I feel like this book series was written by a certain... Um, I don't know. I, there's this truck in our parking lot. Bumper stickers are a big thing in America, Aim. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're a big thing in England. Last time I, Much I was less over so. there. Yeah, okay. So, and, and we're kind of um, guilty as charged because we have a lot of like national park bumper stickers on our cars. But um, there's a, a truck in our parking lot that has a bumper sticker that says, Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> it's just, I feel like the same person who made that bumper sticker made the. For Dummies series The first For Dummies book? Yeah. Reading books for dummies. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. I bet that exists. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening. And thanks for all you lovely folks who leave us reviews. Because reviews are a big thing for podcasts. Yeah. So if you can leave a review for our podcast, it'll make us very happy. Uh, There's other things you can do, too. I mean, listening to the podcast, writing reviews, telling your friends. These are all great ways to help us out. But there are some other ways you can help us out, too, such as joining us on our Patreon. And in fact, we have somebody new to say hello to. We have several new patrons to say thank you to. We'd like to say thank you to Nicole. Thank you, Nicole. Norell. Thank you, Norell. And Emily. And thank you, Emily. Thank you so much for becoming patrons. We really appreciate it. And we hope you got your, we mailed y'all the bingo cards. And you can sign up for that at patreon.com slash insanely haunted. Yeah. You can also find us on Twitter at haunted insanely. Aim, what are you up to these days? If people loved hearing from you, where can they find you? Yeah, I think last time I was on, I plugged my D&D political parody podcast, The Campaign Trail, which is still going. Um, I've started another podcast project since, which is about... Um, queer animal behavior it's called it's it's called perfectly natural we've got about six episodes out so far how cute that's great yeah (laughs) it's a lot of fun um which i don't know much in detail about animal behavior one of my friends is a animal behavior expert wow it's great that's awesome Um, yeah so we do that and if you want to hear more from me or see pictures of my cats, follow me at Aimed Health Stories on Twitter. That's lovely. And, you know, there are so many other things that you can do on the Internet, too, like check out the Scavengers Network, our home on the Internet. Mm-hmm. They have tons of shows, 21 shows as of recording. And new ones are coming in the new year. So by the time that you're hearing this, you probably will have already heard about uh, Thanks for the Lyrics, Feels and Variations, Crossroads Minute, all kinds of great shows you can listen to. Just go to scavengersnetwork.com. And of course, you can support them on Patreon, too. It's just as good as supporting us on Patreon. Mm-hmm. 
Um, of course, we'd also like to say a big thank you to our dear friend, Leandra. Thanks, Thanks for, for the hand. hand. She just graduated. Yay. She did. She graduated. She is a graduate with a bachelor's degree now. She's a real live grown up, folks. Yes. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're grown up if you don't get a degree, yeah, it's too. True. It's true. That's you're fine. right. I'm sorry. You don't have crippling debt, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> great. Yeah. We'd also like to say what we always say in every episode. Uh, don't forget to support and visit your state and national parks. And remember to uh, honor the treaties. I think we're potentially going to be going back to Olympic National Park this summer. Wahoo. Wahoo. <laughs> Wasu. <laughs> <laughs> because I'll be graduating and uh, we'll probably be moving to another part of Washington. Hopefully the west side. Um, God willing in the creek don't rise. <laughs> East side is pretty, but we're wanting a little... I mean, it is. It's pretty. If you like farms... Farms are pretty. There's there's rolling hills and there are some small mountains. Yeah, that's nice. There are canyons and cool rocks, but uh, we kind of want... A bigger city nearby, because um, it's about five hours. We're city mice. It's about Cassie five hour I. drive to Seattle oh, or, or uh, Portland or Boise or any big city, mm-hmm. really. I mean, we have Spokane, but Spokane doesn't Aim count. For reference, <laughs> I think Washington is about the same. If you were to take the UK, if you were to take the island of Great Britain and turn it on its side, I think you'd have about That's the guns. same. Yeah, I'm not even yeah. sure. I'm not even sure. How long does it take to get to to the top of Scotland? Seven, eight hours. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's about that. Yeah. Um, That's about it, right? Oh, and also I would like to see more. Sorry, I'm still on this topic. Um, I still, I would like to have more beautiful rainforests and and, uh, mountains, like big, actual big mountains and volcanoes nearby. And beach. Beach. But not Florida beach. Any of the things nearby sounds amazing. Yeah. If you ever want to, if you know, if you ever have the money and want to visit Washington, Aim, you are welcome to stay with us. Yeah. Thank you. Of course. I would love to if I can get that far across the world. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you again another time. It's been great fun being here with you today. And as always, my name is Max. I'm Cassie. I'm Aim. And you just heard a a Class A EVP. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content. You climb the mighty stairs of Gilgamesh, and there before you stand a set of iron doors surrounded by flame. What do you do? I prepare the enchanted scrolls. I raise my shiny short sword. I stride it up and knock upon the door. It swings open with an ominous creak, and there before you stands a gigantic troll. His mottled grey skin is covered by fearsome armour. He looks down upon you and says, Who disturbs Throndak the Accursed? Hi, we're campaigning on behalf of the Fable Party, and we're wondering if we could count on your vote at the upcoming election. Tell me about your economic policies. The Campaign Trail. A Dungeons and Dragons podcast about politics, where the quest is to win the election. On iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and wherever you find podcasts. Go back to your constituencies and prepare for adventure.